Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. Today, I have a very special guest, Brett from uh, Believe in Seattle, man. Hey, what's going on, Brett? How, how are you been doing? Lawrence, I hate to correct you right off the bat, but it's Believe in Seahawks, my man. All right. We all well, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. It is our team, man. It is, it is, it is be, believe in Seahawks. And the issue is when I type that in, it always comes up believe in Seattle. Oh, really? But, yeah. What? Ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to have to get to the bottom of this. We're going to have to get our crack uh, technology department. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm, all I'm doing is trying to get everybody who wants to come and visit you guys and check out your podcast, an easier way of finding you rather than typing in the true name, type in the stuff that's actually going to get it to you. Uh, <laughs> I love you. I love you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Won't you give the, uh, these guys a little bit uh, of information about you and where they can find you? Yeah, man. So I've been, I started doing the Seahawks podcast uh, on my own years ago. I think like three seasons ago, um, we just started putting it out there. I was talking to myself. I was trying to be like a, maybe a Colin Cowherd type guy. You know how he just sits there talking to himself, you know? And so I started to go a little crazy, honestly, not having anyone else to talk to. Um, and after about a season of doing it, uh, jumped onto the believe network, you know, the guys over there are awesome and you see what they're building. And I mean, it's just growing exponentially. And so it was such a cool opportunity to jump on with them. And as soon as I did that, uh, uh, one of the suits at believe actually let's keep all the names out of it Lawrence but one of the suits over here at believe was like you know I went to UFC or, or sorry not UFC USC uh, and he was like have you ever heard of Lofa Tatupu and I was like what what do you mean have I heard of Lofa <laughs> Tatupu I'm a, the biggest Seahawk fan in the world I was like of course and uh, so it, through through them going to USC and the connections and this and that and I think they ran into Lofa at the Super Bowl or something that year and anyway long story short uh, the show is now also hosted, uh, co-hosted by Lofa Tatupu, who's an all-pro linebacker for the Seahawks. A couple of Pro Bowls. He had, you know, I think like a six-year career, second-round draft pick. You know, injury uh, injuries cut his career short. But, I mean, guy's an absolute stud, absolute legend. Went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers back in the day with the Hawks. So, it's, it's, it's like now I get to do the show that I was already doing anyway and love doing, but now I get to do it with a guy that I – idolized and you know was watching in the super bowl and, and it's just dude i'm over the moon about it we're having so much fun and i mean people can find us on any podcast app awesome awesome you know what i personally can feel you on the whole doing it by yourself thing and then getting a co-host because i did it by myself for years and then this 
off season, I was like, you know what? I need someone to bounce off of, you know? And I went and it just makes things so much easier, so much better for the listeners and the viewers and stuff. So, and you never run out of content because, you know, when you're doing it by yourself, you're trying to kind of stretch things out. And when you have someone to bounce off of, things just pop up out of nowhere. And it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's oh, awesome. And they start telling old locker room stories. Oh, and like, you know, yeah. I mean, for Lofa, like he's like uh, telling stories about, you know, meeting the linebacker in the hole and like first person knowledge of like, you know, snot bubbles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have any first person knowledge of snot bubbles. He does. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I had, uh, I was on your show uh, yesterday, and yeah, and Lofa was talking about how much he respected the Quell, and then I had the Quell on. We did ours uh, three hours later, and he talked about his respect. He said, "Man, Lofa's my guy." Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, these guys have a ton of respect for each other, even if they've never been on the same team. You know what I mean? They still oh, yeah. respect each other and stuff. So it, it's oh, yeah. really awesome. They got that like brothers in arms thing kind of going on, you know, like, I mean, that's how, how Lofa talks about everyone who's ever played in the NFL. He always has the players back, of course, as he should. But I mean, there's just that like tight bond and brotherhood, you know, and it's podcasting in, in general, not to take us too far off the rails or anything, but like, that's what's so great about it is I feel like 10 years ago, these guys, uh, they might've been a little guarded or who knows, you know, or like maybe not putting themselves out there but now that they get on these podcasts you get these amazing stories and you get to really know these guys and stuff that like in a way that we didn't in their playing days and stuff so it's just it's cool for me as a host but then also just as a listener to our own show to go back and actually listen to these guys and the way that they break down a game is just so much different than anything you're hearing on you know the motherships you know what i mean oh yeah you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely know. Uh, I, I've i had the great opportunity to sit into some uh, press conferences for the Colts uh, that they the, the Colts are bringing out press conferences for content creators, right? Where just certain content creators can join and ask questions. And I've interviewed rookies. I've interviewed uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, the head coach, Frank Reich, you know, a bunch of guys this offseason. And it's kind of like that. Only you get to do it on someone that you watched on the field every week. You yeah. know, you every week you can sit down and, and, and be like, you know what? I'm just curious about this. And they're instantaneously <laughs> like, absolutely. Here's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the greatest job in the world, isn't it, Lawrence? We are so lucky, man. We're so lucky. Absolutely. All right. So let's, we're going to jump back on the rail. Sorry, everybody that's watching and listening. Um, we just had to get a few things off our chest real quick, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. So this Sunday, man, one o'clock Eastern standard time. I think it's four for those of you over there in uh, Washington. No, no. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's it's three hours up. and I keep bouncing back and forth. It's uh, weird. It's just to wake up early, have a coffee. Hopefully the Hawks don't disappoint us. And then we go about the rest of our day. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. You just hope for a good game, right? Um, yeah. My obviously, we hope that our teams win, but we don't want to blow out, right? Either way, I mean, it's it's, well, it's it's not good. I get you, but I mean, you you'd rather 
win by a close margin than get blown out by a big margin, right? Well, I mean, or 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 you know, vice versa. I mean, <laughs> we even know what we're gonna see on Sunday, man. Like either one of our teams in the preseason barely played anyone that we recognize, right? So, like, w- yeah. what are we gonna see on Sunday? That's that's a good question because I mean, we uh, we just got a notification literally an hour ago where Frank Reich saying Eric Fisher may be starting week one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that he's out there practicing and pushing it, you know? So that's, that's an amazing situation that a lot of people in the NFL didn't even think, let alone, you know, the Carson Wentz and the, and the Quentin Nelson, you know, possibly starting most like on trending towards starting, um, the Eric Fisher thing just dropped out of nowhere and we're like, Holy crap, you know? Um, but as for the Seahawks, I think that's what the listeners are here for is, is to, to, to know a little bit more about, uh, the Seattle Seahawks and see, I'm, I'm sitting here and there's a lot of question marks with your team. Um, matter of fact, yesterday when I was on your show, I had looked at the depth chart on, uh, the, the Seattle's homepage on their depth chart. And they had only had at the time, they only had four guys at wide receiver, on their depth chart. And now they, they dropped another one penny um, mm-hmm. on there. Uh, but you only have five guys. Do you, do you think that that's going to be adjusted? Because. Honest- yeah. I, okay. So honestly, we, we went over it on our show too. Um, uh, I think after you were on, like, because I was asking Lofa, why do we have three quarterbacks and four wide receivers? Like what is happening? The Seahawks. I don't even remember the last time the Seahawks had three quarterbacks on their roster, on their 53-man active roster. Like, I think you got to go all the way back to, like, Matt Hasselbeck or something like that, way back with Holmgren to find three quarterbacks. So I don't really know what we're doing with that. I don't know why Jake Luton is on the 53-man active roster. Russell Wilson, knock on all of the wood sitting around me right now. (laughs) Never missed a game, never missed a start since his rookie year. He's like the Iron Man of the NFL right now, again, knocking on wood. So I don't really understand that move. I don't know why they don't it, it, I, 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 practice squad is good enough for your third quarterback as far as I'm concerned. So I would I would like to see them only carry two quarterbacks and then obviously that frees up an extra spot, which could be filled by wide receivers. So to answer your question, like, honestly, I have no idea what they're doing. Five wide receivers seems OK, but then if you have someone go down, I mean, I don't know. So it's kind of weird. Like we obviously know about Tyler Lockett is, you know, quick burst like good you know it finds a hole in the zone you know shifty little guy and you got dk metcalf who obviously looks like the hulk out there playing wide receiver and and so you know what you got in those two guys but much after that like i don't know i think you know really maybe this answer is going on too long but just to, just off the top of my head i was thinking i think what we're doing is we're going to use the tight ends a lot more than we've ever done in the past like we had jimmy graham for a few years he set some records obviously great player and everything but we're going to go a lot more to tight end i think in this new offense from the seahawks i think you'll see that on sunday and i think that they look at guys like gerald everett as more of a wide receiver than a tight end so i think while we might not have actual wrs on the roster we have some TEs who can play WR if you follow me. Oh, I got you. I got you. I mean, you got five running backs as well, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think you're gonna, look, if you're on the team and you can catch, we're going to throw you the ball and call <laughs> you a wide receiver. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's definite. 
you had some shockers, in my opinion, of guys that didn't get re-signed. Uh, you, speaking of tight ends, you know, you had a tight end that I was highly, uh, I liked a lot. I thought that he was underrated, and then he he ends up in free agency, gets signed by somebody else last this all season, and then you bring in Everett uh, Ooh, and Hollister. Are you talking about yes, Hollister? Yes, yes, I yeah. liked Jacob Hollister a lot. Yeah, me too. All right. And because he, he seemed like one of those all around tight ends, you know, a guy that you could you could lean on, on in the run game if you needed or pass protection or, or 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 bring him out in the flat or whatnot. If uh if a play breaks down, which let's face it, with the offensive line that Seattle's been pushing out there the last couple of years, Russell, he w- w- when he's cooking, he's got to find someone to dump that ball off to. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. So, well, uh, I mean, you just, you just hit on it right there. Like if Colts fans are looking for a weakness for us or something to look at week one, it's got to be the offensive line right off the bat. Russell was, I don't want to say complaining, but he was talking about the offensive line. And there was a lot about that in the off season about his comments and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we've talked about it uh, at nauseum on our, on our show, on our show. Lofa thinks, you know, that is a bit taken out of context. Like Russell wouldn't have said that if the guys weren't all on the same page in the locker room. So we don't really think there was much drama there, but that was definitely the national, you know, media talk and offensive line on offense. That's the biggest concern. And then on defense, I think it's our cornerbacks, man. I mean, if you're looking for weaknesses, but yeah, that offensive line, man, I, I mean, Dwayne Brown didn't play all preseason. He was looking for a contract. They gave him an extra $2 million left tackle for this season. They readjusted his thing. They didn't give him an extension, but they gave him an extra $2 million, So he's going to suit up, but not much practice time, not much preseason time. So I don't know, man. We got to, for us, the whole key to success for the Seahawks is Russell Wilson. And, you know, if he's not upright and able to find anyone, you know, we saw what happened at the end of last year and everything. So. It's uh yeah, that's the big key for us, I think, is is letting Russell do his thing and then also trying to stop your passing game. Yeah. Uh one of the things I'm I'm gonna kinda go on with what you were talking about with your offensive line by talking about something else. Um the Colts three tech defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, apparently played with just one hand the entire season last year because he had a broken wow. hand and just played with it the whole year and still I mean, the numbers that he put up is is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, he had 31 pressures, 16 quarterback knockdowns, almost 10 sacks, uh, nine and a half exactly at, at the three tech, and he even missed a game, you know, due to COVID. Um, but with Dude, he's a beast. He oh yeah, um, he's he's a monster. And I mean, you guys know who DeForest Buckner is. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he played against him uh, twice a year when he was over yeah. in San Francisco. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now that he's back, um, how is your guard slash center? Um, do, do you feel like that's a worry of getting, you know, Russell seeing that pressure up the gut? Yeah, man, more question marks. I mean, Ethan Posick, uh, he, I think he's in his fifth year already out of LSU he kind of took over they you know Justin Britt they didn't re-sign him or whatever happened there with his injury and then they didn't bring him back so and he was a stud right so they obviously thought Ethan Ethan Posick could slide in and play that but then he's been injured all preseason again so hasn't had much experience in the preseason looks like he might play they also tried to slide Kyle Fuller in there as a center but 
you know, he's already a backup too. So you bring up, you know, you're scaring me a little bit because I kind of forgot about our troubles at center. But um, yeah, that's dude, that's a real, a real uh, point of concern. Well, I don't even know what's going to happen on Sunday. We'll have to see. But then the guards, I would say our guard play is actually a strength. Um, Damian Lewis uh, was a rookie last year out of LSU. And if they gave out a rookie of the year for offensive lineman, he would have won it hands down. I mean, the guy just looked like a veteran already. We talked about it a lot on our show. Um, he just, I, I don't even know if he allowed any sacks. He didn't have very many penalties, which you usually see out of rookies a lot. Um, so Damian Lewis stud, at, at least at that left guard. And then, uh, you know, there's always like the one side of the line that's like, that's good. You know what I mean? And then there's that other side. There's always the right side for us, you know, and we'll see what happens there. But as far as, um, uh, if you're looking for someone at one of our guards, at least Damian Lewis, man, he's, he's a stud. I think this guy's going to play like 10 plus years, you know, and I hope we keep him for a long time, obviously. But I just think, I mean, he's, you know, you don't want to say Steve Hutchison or anything like that. Cause you know, but he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Awesome. Well, you had uh, alluded to stopping the passing game for the Colts earlier, and DeQuell yesterday brought up a, an important point. You know, Carson really hasn't had a lot of practice this year, uh, this this preseason, um, due to injury, due to COVID, uh, and you know we're missing T.Y. Hilton, you know, due to a neck injury with his surgery. Uh, so he was thinking the Colts might lean more on trying to keep Russell off the field and run, use that offensive, that really good offensive line that the Colts have right. and that running back stable where you got, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, who is back, you know, really, really deep, strong run stable, trying to just run the ball down. You basically Seattle's throat. Yeah. Uh, besides a certain 54 on your team, um, is there any other guys uh, that that you feel really bring a strong run stopping presence on 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 Seattle's defense? Well, I mean, yeah, you mentioned him right there, B. Wags, <laughs> Bobby Wagner, one of the best to ever do it. So shout out to him. We know he'll be there. But um, you know, they let KJ Wright go uh, this this time around. He was a free agent. There was questions as to whether they'd re-sign him or whatever. I mean, him and Bobby Wagner have been running mates at the in the linebacking core for what 10 plus years now so seahawk fans are kind of reeling um that kj is you know not going to be starting the season for us he signed with the raiders so it's going to be interesting to see bobby wagner playing with new counterparts there uh rookie or not he's not a rookie anymore but jordan brooks was our high draft pick last year and so he's gonna be playing a lot more we got a guy named cody barton playing linebacker who was kind of honestly one of the MVPs of the preseason so far. So he's been really, really looking good at linebacker, young guy. Uh, I think came out of Utah a couple years ago. Um, so we got young guys and we're kind of pinning our hopes on them. You know, like we, we let KJ Wright go because maybe he would want too much to come back for the one year or whatever. Contractually, he's getting older, whatever. So I, I get why they let him kind of go and there's no animosity. You know, he, Love Seattle. He, I think his quote was like nothing but love. So, I mean, it's all good if these young guys then step up, right? And that's that's what's got us nervous. Um, I would say if I'm going to throw any other player names in there, I mean, we did get that contract done with Jamal Adams, and we know he loves to play down in the box. You know what I mean? And 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 really bring it. Like I think he said he wants 12 sacks this year, but 
I kind of hope that it's it's a lot of not just going after the quarterback, but really just filling those gaps and helping out with the run because you know he can bring bring the lumber, so to speak. But uh, so I, he'll be flying around out there. I'd, I'd say that's one person I'd mention. Holy crap! Twelve sacks for a strong safety. Oh my goodness! That's, that's what he wants. I think whew. he had nine. He had nine last year. Yeah, yeah, like four games. <laughs> So. He's also he was also already the most blitzing safety in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So kind of might just go on his own. I don't even know if they call it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a quote that Darius Leonard and uh, said earlier this offseason and backed it up last week, where he's like, "We want the Colts to have forty turnovers this year." You know, the defense to get forty turnovers. I was like, "That's a number, dude." We had like upper twenties last year, and we were like top two in the NFL, uh, 40, holy crap. So yeah, I kind of, I, I guess 12 is more realistic, you know, but at the same uh, for, for a sack for, for a strong safety, but yeah. yeah, you brought up a point with Jamal Adams being um, more of a box safety a guy who really is, is in the box, looking to stop the run, get after the quarterback, things of that nature. And when you have someone that's in the box as much as Jamal Adams, your free safety needs to be someone who is a really good sideline to sideline single high guy. Uh, could you give us a little information about uh, that position over there in Seattle? Yeah, totally. Well, there's been drama with his position over the course of the last few weeks, actually. So Quandre Diggs, uh, I mean, he's he made the NFL's uh, top 100 list this year on the NFL Network. I mean, he's a stud. But for some reason, he sat out of practice all last week because I think he was trying to get in on a new deal or get his contract reworked somehow. Um, you know, Pete Carroll, I think the quote was it's business something to do with like business get his business handled so there's a lot of mystery as to kind of why Quandre was sitting out all last week he's back in now and Pete says he's full go for Sunday but I don't Lofa and I even don't really know kind of what was going on behind the scenes there um so again just adds to the nerves for going into the season here um so I guess my answer is like if he's happy and full go and all that. I mean, he's a beast. He's a stud. He's, he's what we want back there. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, he's got to cover up some things for when Jamal goes and blitzes. So hopefully he's back and ready to do that. I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't be. He's a pro. I mean, he's, you know, he's a good dude and all that. So I'm, I'm sure he'll be ready to go, but it was, it was kind of weird last week with him. Yeah, that, that's, that is a bit of a worry. Um, I'm going to dive in to a scary, uh, pool as that's called twitter yeah, um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got a couple twitter questions uh that i wanted to bring up um something that i do occasionally when i have guests on for other teams uh see if any colts fans have any questions they want answered and uh guy m23 says uh, what are some big losses to the seahawks uh that make you worried about uh matchups that might be you know make you a little worried yeah well i mean right off the bat i just i mentioned kj right and we can't stress it enough the guy is a ring of honor player for this team and he's i mean only he's played 10 years but like he's not that old you know he's in his early 30s still so uh let you know seeing him walk and and the question marks that that raises is a big concern for us so there's that right off the bat but also at cornerback man like we shaquille griffin um uh, left and signed with the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was kind of like our our guy we could count on out there. I don't know if he ever really, 
he's he wasn't ever Richard Sherman or it wasn't the Legion of Boom like that or anything, but he was solid, you know, and but he's gone now. And now we're trying to work in these the new cornerbacks. And we got DJ Reed, who was a stud last year out there. I mean, every Seahawk fan is counting on him to have the production or even do better than he was already doing. But that other cornerback spot, huge question mark, man. I mean, we we brought in Sidney Jones uh recently within the last week, I think even after the last preseason game. So Again, like how much time has he had to work in and learn the playbook and all that kind of stuff? He was a stud up here at UW when he played for the Huskies in college. But, you know, with the, in the pros, like kind of some question marks, honestly. He's a vet. He won the Super Bowl with the Eagles and stuff. But, you know, we don't really know what you're getting with him just because he hasn't been with the team that much. So I'd say our biggest question mark and the things that have hurt with people leaving is, is KJ Wright and then whatever's happening out there at cornerback. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, we're gonna jump to a complete opposite. Uh, Ivan Burton, thanks for the question, guy. Says, uh, what has been the biggest area of improvement for the Seahawks this off season? Oh man, well I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen it. I mean, I, I'm sorry to like sound like this, but I think that every fan is pulling their hair out a little bit with just anxiousness and nervousness because. The Seahawks have a brand new offensive coordinator, you guys. If you're a Colts fan right now and and you're, you know, did you hear me? We have a brand new offensive coordinator and our starters didn't play one play in the preseason. So, I mean, like, we don't know how Russell Wilson even really looks in this offense unless you went and stood on the hill at preseason practice, you know, because we just haven't seen it. Uh, so I, I'm, what we've improved on, I hope we've improved on getting rid of the ball faster. I hope we've improved on protecting Russell. I hope, um, like I said, our secondary has improved on coming up and playing guys off the line rather than giving them a big cushion. These are all the things that Seahawks fans want to see, but we don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, preseason, they don't game plan and you know how it is. And so you, you can't really get a good sense of your team, um, I think we've brought in some nice pieces, you know, uh, along the defensive line. I think one of our real strengths is the depth at defensive line that we have. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a lot of big name guys, really. It's it's just a lot of guys who need to kind of step up and improve from last season. And we just have, kind of have to see if they're going to do that or not. Well, the something that our defensive coordinator states a lot is when you're a a team that is young, it's a lot to do with bringing all your guys back from the previous year so that they're one more year in the scheme, one more year understanding the players around you, things of that nature. It allows them to play faster, uh, more instinctive, and just react rather than think. So, you know, bringing guys back is actually a step towards the right direction. But like you said, you lost right, you, you lost – uh, your your one number one cornerback, you know, yep. so that's kind of a, a bit of a worry. But those other guys that are stepping in, that's already been in the scheme. I think that that'll help the fact that they they they're in it at least one more year longer. So yeah, hopefully. Uh, another question we kind of touched on it a little bit already earlier. Uh, my co-host from my other podcast, Colts Law, um, is. Colts Loyalist asks, uh, where, what is the breakdown of the Brown situation and what 
do you expect to see from him this week? Uh, you're talking about Dwayne Brown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because going back, if let's let's all jump into some Seahawks history, everybody. Uh, Walter Jones, Hall of Famer, right? No, his jersey's retired by the Seahawks. He's absolute legend, right? Uh, left tackle. He never played preseason ever. <laughs> he just didn't want to play. He, he didn't want to go to training camp. This is back in the day when they would like go to Eastern Washington and be at, you know, a college campus and staying in the dorms and stuff and with Holmgren and like, he would never go to camp and they would always be franchise tagging him. And at the last minute and all that kind of stuff. And he would step in. He's a hall of famer. He would, he would do his thing. Of course, a lot of Seahawks fans are hoping that the same kind of thing is true with Dwayne Brown, because like like we've been saying, no preseason and all that stuff. And he was, you know, wanting the new contract. And I mean, look, he's a veteran. He's been in the league forever. He's earned it. He's paid his dues. He's obviously a beast when he's out there playing. He's one of the best in the game. So I don't think there's going to be any hangovers in terms of like team drama or any like behind the scenes kind of shakeup because Pete and our uh, general manager John Schneider and Dwayne they they've all said that they were in contact the entire time that everyone was on the same page the whole time Pete even kind of in his press conference yesterday mentioned that like they're kind of happy with the way it worked out because Dwayne didn't have to take all those reps and get beat up and you know he's a veteran guy and Pete said like look he's a vet we trust him he's going to be fine and I think I I'm resting my hat on that as well like I think this guy I don't think he needed preseason I think he's going to be solid I mean as far as up from that left tackle spot. But in terms of how, you know, the whole offensive line gels when he hasn't been there the whole time, we're going to have to see. And my big thing is I just, I can't have Russell getting hit. Right. So hopefully none of that stuff bleeds over, but I don't think it will. I don't think there was any real drama behind the scenes. I think this was just one of those things where everyone stayed in contact the whole time. Everyone knew what was going on and they knew that a deal would get done eventually. Um, So. Well, if there's any positive outlook for that, uh, that you guys um, that are rooting for Seattle uh, can, can take out of the Indianapolis area, we don't have the defensive end guys that we had the last few years. Danico Autry is now playing for Tennessee. Uh, Justin Houston is now over in uh, Baltimore. So, uh, we're we're kind of leaning heavily on our first round pick, Quiddy Pay, who flashed pretty good in preseason. Uh, I think he was the highest rated pass rusher by PFF through preseason. Um, and then a bunch of uh, young guys for the other defensive end position between Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigou, Al Kadim Muhammad. Uh, and some other guys that the Colts are planning on just rotating in. But it's it's youth. There's not a lot of experience there. There's not a lot of consistency. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, it's a big question mark on what we'll see there uh, yeah. as well. So, I mean. Well, I think, you know, if you're watching the game and you're looking for something to clue in on, I think if, if you see Russell Wilson getting rid of the ball fast and kind of going with like his first read, like finding the guy and throwing it, I think it's going to be a good day for the Seahawks. If you see Russell kind of patting the ball and go into it down his progression all the time, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you got to go through that, of course. But I mean, if every time he's dropping back, he's having to really look around and pat the ball and pump fake it and not throw it, it could be a long day for us. Because that's what we saw at the end of last season when he was just getting sacked a lot, not finding the open guys right away. And 
and it'll be a long day for us. So, uh, you know, that's I, I don't that can clue you in, I think. Early well, on. well, I mean, the, the style of defense that he'll be facing is going to be very, very familiar to him when he goes out there because the Colts run, you know, a cover two slash cover three just zone scheme. Right. And, you know, he played against that. Yeah, basically his whole career practicing against it. So, uh, well, it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, different players, you know, uh, different coaching, but similar schemes. So, um, man, it could be a scary situation for either team. I mean, in, in all honesty, it just depends upon how the question marks turn out for either team. Um, I think we're going to end up wrapping this up. I really appreciate you being here, but before we go. We did this on your show. We'll go ahead and bring it back for mine. Those that are listening, we're going to, we're going to give our predictions and yours surprised the heck out of me. Are you going to stick with that one? So I love taking weird predictions or, or, uh, or, or just picking strange final scores because instead of trying to nail the final score, I'm just trying to nail the result who wins really. Right. Uh, and then whether I think the game will be high scoring or low scoring. And then I just pick the most ridiculous numbers I can one, because every time I try to pick real numbers, it never is even close ever. <laughs> and, and also for some reason, and maybe this is just a Seahawks thing. I don't know how Colts fans feel, but the Seahawks for some reason always have strange scores. I don't know why. So on our show, I predicted that the Seahawks would win this game 12 to eight <laughs> yeah but again yeah. this means i think they're gonna win and i think it's gonna be a low scoring game yeah and then uh if i remember right lopa put a little bit more on it was like 17 to 20 something i think I or something 24, like 24 17 seahawks more of a traditional score because you know he's boring <laughs> i went higher um, I, I, I went with a 31 to 28 score with Indianapolis, uh, and a surprise, probably a surprise by you Dequell went even higher. Really? He, he thought that this was going to be a very high scoring game. He said 35, 31. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look, like I told you on our show, I want that to happen because I want to have fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but sometimes these week one matchups, man, you know, who knows? And also uh, fans are back. Right. So, yeah, that, sh that should favor the defenses in this, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, or, I mean, that's or, a 12th defense, man. Yeah, right. You, you're talking about the 12th man. Now, Seattle is known for their 12th man. Right. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's that's a big deal. But thank God this is in India, not in <laughs> Seattle. I know but you, guys, you guys get loud there, too. And, th and that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, I think. Don't you guys think just in a general sense for the NFL and football in general, even college football, like uh, we saw a lot higher scores last year because maybe the offenses, you know, it was quiet in the stadiums. There was no one there or whatever. I kind of think we're going to see scoring down this year in the NFL, whereas we saw it up last year. That's a good point. And, you know, last year you were able to pump in crowd noise a little bit but there is that they, they they set a certain decibel that some stadiums just blow completely out of the water right oh, well we've been pumping in crowd noise for years well that yeah so have the colts apparently you know i mean <laughs> so you know i mean that that's 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 how things work apparently in the nfl that if, if your fans are loud then you know it's fake uh I so I we know. understand we understand all right, man. Well, I appreciate you being here so much. Uh, take a moment. Let people know where they can find you and your podcast. 
Yeah, so it's Believe in Seahawks on any podcast app, any app you guys use, Believe in Seahawks. And then you can hit us up on any social media, just the same thing, at Believe in Seahawks, B-L-E-A-V in Seahawks. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, good luck this Sunday, but not yeah, you guys too, too. not too much luck, my guy. Right. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> I, I I bet it is. All right, and until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen with Brett. And as usual, until next time, have a good one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.